0: Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Here we go. Let's go. Let's get into the Word of God. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 9. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 9. The scripture says now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord has need of them. The Lord has need of them. So that would definitely persuade me if somebody came and told me that. But, but then God was fulfilling scripture because the, the prophets wrote about this. And he needed that. So God was going to make a way. And all of this was done in verse 4. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets saying. Tell the daughter of Zion. Behold your king is coming to you. Lowly. Sitting on a donkey. A colt the fowl of a of a donkey so the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and they brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them and set them and set him on them and a very great multitude spread their clothes on the ground now keep in mind that this was a journey and they did whatever was necessary to honor Jesus and so they added and put their coats on the road others cut down branches from trees which was palm trees and so that was something of value as well and then they spread them on the road then the multitude went before those who followed crying out saying hosanna everyone say hosanna you know what hosanna means hosanna means save us help us so they cried out to the Lord and they said, Hosanna. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This was a cry out from God's people. And they identified Jesus as the Messiah coming into Jerusalem. And At this one moment, this is where Jesus began to allow people to identify him for who he was, but when they identified him, they did a few things. They laid down something of value in his path, and then they cried out for help. We're going to talk about this today. We're going to call. We're going to call this Hosanna, getting help from God. God wants to help you. God wants to help us. I, I know. I need God's help. Do you need God's help? I need God's help every day I the old song says I can't even walk without you holding my hand you remember that old song Matthew oh I thought number one would surely be me remember that song I thought that I could be I'm not singing good right now but it's okay all I wanted to be oh I thought of myself as a mighty big man but i what can't even walk without you holding my hand if you need his help why don't you raise your hands right now and tell him come on just tell him lord i need you i need you now pray for this service stretch out your hands toward this platform We pray for the entire building. We pray that everything in this building that's not from the Spirit of God would leave. for every distraction. We pray against every opposition. And we pray for the the anointing to fall from this platform, God, to every, every seat and every heart that's hungry. We thank you for your help from your angels, dear God. We thank you for your help from the anointing. I plead your blood and we call on the name. And everybody say, Jesus. Now give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. And you can be seated this Sunday morning. Thank you so much for entertaining God's presence and being a part of Covenant. We are so excited about what God does in our lives that we always have a tendency to go and share it with people once it happens. Um, we call it testimonies, right? When God does something for me, I, I have a good habit. I call it a good habit. And sharing it with someone I can't contain it, quite frankly. I just really can't hold it back. When God has blessed me or my family, I've always, always wanted to share his goodness and testify and share with someone. Back in the days, we used to have a testimony service. Then we stopped having those because it became into a crying and a whining service. Then we made it where we wanted to share our testimony with people so we would share it online or share it on Facebook, and, and now we got so many different ways of talking about it. But back in those days, when Jesus was doing something great, Jesus had people telling everyone. When someone got healed, they knew about it. In this Scripture, it's a reference to Israel crying out to God, and it's a fulfillment of what the psalmist write and wrote in Psalms 118 and 25. In Psalms 118 and 25, it says, Save now, which actually means Hosanna. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee. Send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord which hath showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords even to the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will praise Thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt Thee. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. And His mercy endures forever. This is a reference to what they cried out on that day. And it's amazing how all the countryside began to cry out and talk to Him. Even Zechariah he gives this prophecy in reference to what just happened. And he said this, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout, shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous, victorious. He is humble. He is riding on a donkey. They're riding, and he's riding on a, on a donkey's colt. This is the prophecy. But with even what what the Psalms said about him and what Zechariah had to prophesy about Jesus, it wasn't. They weren't gathering around him that day because of the prophetic word or the or the word that was spoken. Most of them didn't even have a clue. The reason they were there is because they had heard what happened to Lazarus. Let me show you a little bit of what. He actually went through and what we're actually encountering here, and to give you a reality. It was a distance. It was a little bit. So from right here, in that location, that's a little big. From right here, that's where Lazarus and Mary and Martha lived. The distance between here and right here was two miles. It was two miles. And so when Jesus began to take that journey, we call the triumphant entrance. We call that moment when he, people got word, word spread. So between a two-mile radius, between the moment he healed Lazarus and Raised him back up from the dead. Word spread all the way to Jerusalem by word of mouth. And the day that Jesus was entering in, they all showed up and there was a caravan. And there were people that were greeting him all the way through, even as he descended from the Mount of Olives in Bethphage. Now, no one had Instagram. No one had Facebook but boy, they liked to talk. And they knew. When Lazarus died, it's people that knew them. They lived here. It's people that, that had heard that Lazarus had been dead, and it had been four days. We know this, right? Folks, a lot can happen in four days. A lot can happen. And in four days, they all knew, and Exactly what took place, he had already been buried. They went through the procession, everything had already been done. And when he arrived as Jesus, we know the story. They told him, If you had been here sooner, our brother wouldn't have died and he'd still be alive. But he said, This sickness wasn't unto death, but it was to give God some glory. And he cried, and they looked at him and they said, He loved Lazarus. Jesus wasn't crying because he was sad about Lazarus. He knew he would be raised up back from the dead again. Jesus cried because of their lack of faith. That's what moved him. Because he made a prayer in that moment and he cried out and he said, Lord, Father, he said, I know you always hear me. You always hear my prayer. But for the sake of everyone else around me, I'm praying out loud, in other words. And I'm paraphrasing. But you go read it. He said, I'm speaking out loud so everyone else around me can hear me, and they'll know that you hear my prayers. He said, I thank you for this moment. And then he looked at the sepulcher, and that's when he shouted out, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out, and they unwound him, and that was heard. That moment when Jesus spoke authoritatively, when he used the authority that God the Father had given him, and he displayed it for everyone to see purposely. The only thing that could have brought people to gather them together is seeing God help someone. It was God helping someone, helping a family. And that's what drew all the people in. And along that path from here to the temple, Jesus began to travel. And it's right then and there that people took what they found of value to lay it down at his feet. And guess what their cry out was? Here's what the cry was. Essentially what they were saying when they yelled out Hosanna. If you look at it a little bit closer, they were yelling out, Hosanna, help us. If you were able to help Lazarus, you can help me with my problem. And that's what the whole chanting, that's what all of the voices were shout, shouting out and chanting. almost said shouting. I speak Spanish every once in a while. That's what they were chanting. Hosanna. Help us. Save us. And this is what's unique about this. Here's what's unique about this. They took things of value. They took their clothes. How many of you would give up your new dress to put on some muddy water so someone can be honored and stay dry? How many of you women would do that for somebody? Somebody. I said, women, not men. How I many of you men would give that suede jacket out, brand new, $200 jacket? They took all that they had. They didn't have much in those days, but they took it, they laid it down at his feet. And the next thing they took was, they took palm branches. The, the palm tree was a commodity. It was something of value. Even to this day, palm branches, palm trees the base of a a tree you can take it and you can make clothing you can make baskets you can make rope the palm oil was so so um it was so unique they could cook with it they use it that they use it as as medicine as a medication they it it was a commodity it was something of value wasn't just a tree from the fruit even of those palms you could you have the palm dates the palm dates were made and they were grown in Bethany as well. And so the whole region was filled with palm branches. But for them, it wasn't like a regular tree, like mesquite trees or like Arizona ashes around here. I should rather use Arizona ash because nobody barbecues with that, right? But it wasn't like a, just a, a regular plant. That was what they used for their livelihood. And they took their livelihood, they took their 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 resource and the next thing from their clothing of value was these trees and they took tree branches and they laid it down then the next thing they did you see to me when I take something of value and place it at the feet of Jesus I am doing that so I can have a heart change I'm doing that so I can have a change of heart And at a change of heart, the next thing they did, they were able to cry out for help. Let me help you really quickly understand where the hang-up is in our walk with God. Are you ready? Let me help you. Let me help us to see where the hang-up is. Here's where the hang-up is. Uh, Point number one, I want to tell you, above all things, Jesus wants your faith. He wants your faith. But where your faith is, this is the problem. We we'll do it again. There's doubt where our faith is. We're not able to cry out or say anything out of doubt and fear. We speak opposite. We think opposite. In order for our heart change, we have to learn how to trust God and believe who he is. The one thing that can change the condition of your heart is this. A revelation. How many of you believe in revelation? Revelation's a good thing. But when revelation comes into your mind, what it will literally do, it will begin to cross out and do away with doubt. The revelation was, as they understood by the miracle that when they heard that Jesus performed the miracle in Lazarus' life, they all began to cry out, what? Hosanna. Which was what? Help me. Help me. In other words, they cried out, help me. The revelation came from the actions. It came from hearing what God did in his life. They took palm branches. They took coats. They laid them down. Ultimately, God didn't want their palm branches or their coats. He wanted their hearts. He wanted their faith. So what happened was is that it essentially is that everything began to alter. Because here Jesus already had a reputation, guys. He already had a reputation that he was called the Messiah. Some doubted. Some made fun. Not everyone believed. Some thought he was the carpenter's son. Uh, what, can anything good come out of Nazareth, is what they said. Come out of Nazareth. Am I saying it right? Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth. But in this moment, everyone knew Lazarus. Everyone knew the story. I mean, he was part of the neighborhood, right? And everyone knew he had been dead for four days. And after four days, he came in. And they were compelled by God. They knew that if he could do it for Lazarus, I'm going to say it again he can do it for them and they said hosanna someone say hosanna someone say hosanna there was doubt don't don't misunderstand that for one moment because the whole region everyone doubted that jesus was the messiah except for those that were near him they even thought that he was just a prophet it, it's proven in the scripture when he asked his own disciples who do men say that i am and some say he said uh, they said some say you're You're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah, come back from the dead. But then he asked Peter again, and he told Peter, "But who do you say that I am?" He said, "Well, that's an easy that's an easy question. You're You're Jesus. You're the Son of God. You're the Messiah." And he looked at him and he said, "Well said, Peter. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father in heaven, He showed you this. In other words, He gave you a revelation." Peter had a revelation because he saw Jesus do so many miracles. Sometimes God has to prove himself to non-believers by showing them how much he cares about them, how much he loves them, and how much he is going to be there for you by his tender mercies. Uh, I don't know how many of you are here today that are recipients of God's mercy and grace, but I do know this. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I can tell you. I believe there's a God. He forgave me of my sins. He forgave me in my trespasses. He healed me in my body. Have you ever been healed by the Lord? Have you ever been touched by His grace? Come on, somebody. Have you ever seen a miracle of God in your life? Have you ever had God provide for you when you know you didn't have any other way and no other option? He became your only option. Those moments in our life help our faith. But this is what happens. When we believe God for the supernatural, we begin to call on God and we begin to say Hosanna. And out of that comes answers. And it rained down and it reciprocates off of this one word. Worship. And through worship, are you ready? And through worship, it comes from the heart. That's what comes out of our spirit. What is worship to them? It's something, what is worship to us? It's when you give God something of value. I'm tying it all in for you. It's when you give God something of value to them it was the palm branches you may not have palm branches but you got the palms of your hands today Uh, how we give those to god is through praise somebody the bible says lift up your hands and give god some praise you ought to give god some palms right now you know that when's the last time you really lifted up your hands and said i surrender i surrender give you everything come on somebody lift your hands up lift your hearts up lift your hands and say hosanna hosanna we love you jesus we bless you. It, it, see, it's a surrender. It's a value. It, 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 it breaks down the pride. And it begins to, you feel something from that. And it gets rid of the doubt. But this is what happens. Worship is what causes your faith. And I've, I've got to tell you, I honestly have to tell you, that through that one moment, When you feel like that nothing else works through a revelation, the one thing that occurs that will change everything is that while you're worshiping and while you're doing everything necessary, your faith is built up. Faith is established. Jesus wants your faith because if he has your faith, he has your heart. They believed in him. They believed in him. This is a cycle. This is a cycle. The cycle is, is that when you act and you begin to speak, when you begin to step out by faith, even if you're doubtful, you can have a heart with doubt and yet still ask God for help. And when you see God move, it changes your doubt to faith. First, you get a revelation. There is a God. He does care. He does exist. Think about the last time you had God answered your prayer. Answer your prayer. When's the last time God literally answered your prayer? Think about it, just for a moment. When's the last time you had... If you can't remember, you need to start praying specifically again so your faith can be lifted up. When's the last time you had God answer a specific prayer think about it we need answers answered prayers every month every week every day to be quite honest with you every day to see god come in and move and touch what changes the heart what do you have that's valuable one thing i find valuable in my life it's time. I need God. Everything that I find valuable, I have to surrender to Him. Everything that I find dear to my heart, I have to make sure He is over it. I need help. How many of you need God's help in your life? I need God's help. But point number two, you have to ask Him. What does the Bible say? You know what it says? You have not because you what? Say that louder. You have not because you ask not. You got to ask. That's it. Lord Jesus, Hosanna. Help me. And be specific about it. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. Okay, I'm going to show you this. Let me read it to you. You ready? James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Now, he wants to help us. He wants to move in and be a blessing to us. He is the blesser. But it pleases God. It gives God pleasure to help us. But James writes, but we we fail because we don't know what to ask and how to ask it. But James writes, and he says, What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. Yet don't you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it and then it goes even, and even when you ask you don't get it because your motives are all wrong and then you want only what will give you pleasure that's where we miss it what will give you pleasure? C- can I show you my life real quick? Can I, can I be transparent with you and show you my life? Is that okay? Somebody say that's all right. Go ahead. All right, so, uh, so I'm going to do something here. I'm going to do something here. I'm going to show you the areas of my life I-, I need help with and what I ask God for help every single time I come to him. Okay? So, so you ask God for help every day, number one. Can I ask you that? How many of you ask God for help every day? Yes or no? Okay, So there are things in my life I ask God for I know only God can give me So I build everything in my life Around these things I can't do it on my own So I go to God and ask him to please Give me help The first place I ask him for help is Is this area of my life I ask him for help in my family I need help in my family Listen, I don't care how um, strong you are, how intellectual you are, how much knowledge you have. Um, It takes God, God's anointing on a daddy or a mother's life to keep those children in their hearts right and to keep them safe, to help them make good decisions. As you raise them up, the influence in their life comes from the parent's. And when you're not around your spouse, the loyalty in their heart comes from your loyalty overflowing towards God. That's the way it works. That's how I know leadership. Everybody is a leader. If people are walking behind you and following you, you are a leader. And if you have any children or no children or you're single, you have someone in your life that you are influencing. There is someone there that's hearts are being changed because of your decisions. So my prayer to God is, Lord, help me keep my family safe, protect my family, look over my family. Lord, I can't do it without you. And then secondly, God, bless the church. Touch the church you've asked me to pastor. I can't be with them all day long. I don't know where they're at. I don't know what's going on, but you do, God, and you know where they're at, and you know their troubles, and you know what their struggles are. I can't be there, but God, you're here. You put me here as responsible for the sheep, and God, I'm an under-shepherd, but you're the good shepherd, and you laid down your life for them, so I pray God's blessings on them. Lord, I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good husband. I want to be be there for them and pray for them and add God's protection for them. So Lord, touch my family, touch the church. And then thirdly, God, uh, I'm so busy, but I know I have a lot of things to do and a lot of responsibilities. So the next thing I need you to do, Lord, and I need your help with this, I, I need you to simply touch my career, touch my business. I don't know who to connect with God to make the 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 deal right but you know what if you connected Cornelius and Peter together you can network with me and somebody that's going to make a difference in my life and you can operate my business you can put desires in people's hearts to do these things you can keep my business protected because Lord I can't do it without you okay so that's one thing right to pray and ask for help but here's the other here's the other thing not only Am I supposed to pray and ask for help? But at the same time, I can't be too proud to say, God, if I'm going to ask you for help, I've got to be able to make you the foundation. I have to make you the very center of what I'm asking for and trusting you with it, God. So this is what I do. I take what I've asked God for I take what I've asked God to do, and I literally will ask him and give it to him. I give it to God. And I say, Lord, I lay it down at your feet, and I give you my family. I love baby dedications. I love it when parents come up here and they offer, and Give back to God what God gave to them. Essentially, what they're doing is they're taking something of value in their life and they're saying, Lord, I value my children. I value my relationships and I'm giving them back to you. I'm going to raise them how you want them to be raised. It's something of value I have to lay down at His feet. I have to lay it down at His feet and tell Him, You're the one, God. You're the one. And whatever of value I have in my life, I give to Him then he's going to have full control of it. And whenever I ask him for help, he's going to meet the need. Then I have to lay down the church. I have to lay down the church, and I've got to say, Lord, it's not my church, it's your church. It's not my church, Lord. You're the pastor of this church. You bless the people. You handle the people. They were here with me for a season, but then they left again, God. It hurts me, but, Lord, they belong to you. I've laid them there at your feet. God, I can't change their hearts, but you can. God, I, I don't know what their prayer life is like. I'm going to tell you, if you are a member of this church, here's how I pray for you and your families. The first thing I pray is, God, keep their relationship and their marriage strong. The second thing I pray is let the, every child and every, every young person and every young adult and every boy and girl have a heart for Jesus and keep the ungodly influences out of their life but Lord I lay them at your feet and ask you to bless them today and cover them today and Lord give them a spirit of prayer let your angels watch over them I can't do it but I have to lay it under your feet and even with my career I've got to say Lord it belongs to you you may give me an opportunity God to do something with it but it's not my business it's your business And if I want him to be the king of kings of my life, then I have to make him, give him everything there. Then he can reign in my life as the king of kings. If you want God to be the king and the Messiah, you have to submit everything to him so he can reign as king in your life. And you have to be able to make sure That you have completely released it. That is a complete release. When you lay it down at his feet, you're essentially telling him, if you need to use it to get from point A to point B and it becomes dirty and i got to go through problems in my life with it and I'm going to see it hurt or feel like it's lost, it's none of my business. It's now your business, God, and you're going to take care of it. You understand what I'm saying? I lay down my finances at the feet of Jesus. I lay it down. It's all yours, God. It belongs to you. Oh, my God. They're using it for what? He bought a 65-inch television? By the way, this is my birthday money. i put it back in the church, so ha-ha. <laughs> None of my business, God. That's your, that's your, that's your increase. belongs to to you. Hosanna. Hosanna, God. Hosanna. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Everything that I find of value, I put it down at your feet, Jesus, and you can trample on it. You can use it. You can bless it. You can do whatever. It's not mine. It's none of my concern. You use it how you see fit. Now, God is going to take your investment and your things that you value, and he is not going to trample over it like that, folks, And not use it for some degree. You understand what I'm saying? There was a purpose and a reason why they took coats and palm trees. That was for that purpose and that reason. But he can do whatever he wants to with everything in our life when it belongs to him. The most valuable thing I find in my life is time. Time. I want more time with my family. I want my time with my God and my church. I want my time with my career to be effective. So I have to tie it to the God of glory. Now he can reign in those areas as the king of kings. And I give him the hosanna. Help me. Save me. Why? Because he has now legal right in the kingdom to come in and reign. He has legal right. He wants to help us. But we have to ask him. You know why we have a problem asking God for help sometimes? Because we've got Google. You know why you don't build relationships anymore? Because you have Facebook. Oh, it's a fact. Okay, you ready? I love using Facebook for marketing. I think it's wonderful. I love sharing celebrations and, you know, I love posting a picture of my wife on anniversaries and all stuff like that, whatever. Did I do one this year? No, I didn't. Did I? No, I didn't. Did I? No. She did. She did. I think it's good. I think Facebook is good. But I have maybe, I don't know, you go check it out if you're my friend. I don't care. I know I've got over a 1,000 friends, maybe 2,000 friends. I don't know what I've got. I don't know what, how many friends I've got. But can I tell you, don't think for one moment that I think they're all my real friends. Don't think for one moment, I think that if I fall down and I'm going through problems, I may put a prayer request, but there's just going to be a handful that are going to respond for that, and I'll tell you who responds to most of my problems is my church family and my family right here. Not my. Fa- Do you see Facebook up there anyplace? Facebook is not one of my priorities because the people on Facebook could care less. They just want to be able to keep in the know in my life and just... They'll put a little, I'm praying for you, or God bless you, or whatever, but nobody shows up, but nobody's there, and nobody values that. So I'm not deceived by that. I think So let me say this now. I think Facebook is great for marketing and keeping in touch and getting in the know, but it's the biggest deception that we've ever received to think that we have so many friends, but none of them are there really with you. They just want to know what's going on. Oh, my God, what happened? Emoji, smiling face. I'm praying emoji. They're not praying. Sorry. Not praying like your mama would pray. Their prayer probably was, oh Lord Jesus, help them. Now, if you're Jesus, that would make sense. But when I need help, I need somebody that knows how to pray in the Spirit. I want somebody that's connected to Him. I want somebody that's released everything to Jesus in their life, and they know how to call on the King. They say, Hosanna, and God responds. Those are the people I want in my life. Who am I talking to? I'm not even, I didn't even plan on talking about Facebook. I just want somebody to have a reality check and realize your world should not be centered around that social media. Your world should be centered around the kingdom of God and get the reality. The closest friend you'll ever have in your life is being a friend with Jesus Christ. He's their closest friend. And there is nobody else. Nobody else. Jesus wasn't moved by all the accolades. He was just fulfilling prophecy and he had to expedite the religious world to moving into the crucifixion. He had to make sure that his time had come for him to be crucified, so he had to fulfill it. He had to. The only way he could see it fulfilled was is that he had to acknowledge himself as Messiah. As Messiah. Messiah. But I have learned this throughout the years. I have learned that no matter where I'm at, no matter what I do, no matter how far from God I feel, as long as my condition in my heart and my faith is high, He will always come through. Even when my faith is low, in his divine mercy, he will be there. Ultimate, ultimately, that day, ultimately, and you can come up, guys. Ultimately, Jesus wasn't after the palm branches and the robes and coats. He was after their heart. He was after their faith. What's the one thing that Jesus prayed for Peter? When he told Peter, Peter, Satan has desired. To sift you like wheat. But what did he tell Peter? But I pray that your what? That your faith wouldn't fail. What does Hebrews chapter 11 say? For without faith it is impossible to please Him. For whoever approaches God must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder to them who do diligently seek after him he's after your faith he wants your faith let me close with this scripture right here are you ready luke chapter 12 verses 31 and 32 it says this seek the kingdom of god above all else in other words put your value put the things that you value the most in subjection to god in other words, everything you do, tie him to the kingdom, your job, your family, your ministry, a ministry that God's enabled you to have. I hate saying my ministry. I've never said my ministry. I, do I say my ministry? I hate saying my ministry because it's not my ministry. It is a ministry that God wants to perform through me. It's his ministry. It's not my ministry. It's not your ministry. That's like saying, oh, my, you know, I mean, you can't take ownership of the anointing. The owners, the anointing doesn't belong to you. It's Jesus that's anointed in me, working through me. It's his anointing. You're anointed because he's anointed through you. You understand what I'm saying? It's not mine. It's his. So I submit it to him. Some of you, your children are blessed because of your heart for God. There's favor, I've learned that as well. I've learned that years ago, there are some people that that your, your children need to know this. You need to teach your teenagers and teach your children this. You need to teach them and make them very conscious of it. That Jesus is the center of everything that we do and the reason why good things happen to you is because of the mercy of God. Yes, you work hard. Yes, you've got favor. But listen, it's because of God's favor. My little son Joshua was sitting at the table with me the other day. We were sitting in the kitchen. We had a moment, and he asked me a real serious question. He goes, "Okay, Dad." He said, "What do I? How do I tell cri- kids about Christmas?" So what do you mean, son? He goes, "Well, Dad," he said, "a lot of a lot of kids believe in, in Santa Claus." He said, Dad, I want you to know, Dad, that I don't believe in Santa Claus. I believe that God blesses us with gifts and and all that stuff. So he was really serious about it. He didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So, Dad, when it comes up, what do I say? I said, son, number one, you don't have to go out and preach it to everybody. And I said, number two, just be honest. When they ask you if you believe, just say, I believe that God blesses my family to get gifts. And I thank Jesus for blessing me. That's just what we taught them. I know who butters my bread. I know who butters my bread. I know who enables me to get up every morning with my right mind, girl. I'm telling you right now. I know I know if I wake up in the morning in my right mind, I give God all the praise for it. At my age, you wake up now and think, oh, thank you, Lord, for letting me wake up today. I didn't used to think that way, but now I say, thank you, Jesus. Another day, let's do it. Go back to bed. But if I seek first the kingdom of God. He gives me everything I need. So he said, don't be afraid. Throw the scripture back up there. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid or don't doubt in your mind. Little flock refers to you as a sheep, as sheep. For he gives your father great happiness. Or in the King James, it says good pleasure. For he gives your father great pleasure to give you the kingdom. It pleases God. we ask him for help because you can't receive from God unless you ask him the question we need to ask ourselves today what is it you need to ask him for what is it I'm going to give you a moment to just if you will stand to your feet and I want you to take a moment as they begin to play I want you to take a moment to ask him for whatever it is that you need from him whatever it is you need help with. It doesn't matter how small it is. It doesn't matter how big it is. He wants to help us along the way. And if you can just... Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.